Percy, let's get started today, but I have a question for you. When you watch Dancing with the Stars and you see those routines that are so incredible, what does it actually take to dance it effectively? Hmm. Well, Wayne, you know, I guess I have to confess, you know, I happen to know a little something about, you know, that firsthand. And I'll tell that story later. Okay, but, I'd like to hear that someday. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but the key is establishing who's going to be the lead dancer and are both partners in agreement toward the single objective for the outcome of that dance. Mm. Let's unpack this school of thought today further and discuss. All right, we're going to hear from a woman today who decided to be the lead in her dance for life with pancreatic cancer and why she rejected two previous prospective dance partners before finding her perfect fit. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Pastor P, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, how are you doing today? I am well, my friend. How about you? I'm doing well, but sometime I do want to hear about that dance uh, experience that you talked about. That's another, as you said, another time. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pull that out of you at some point in the future, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. You seem a little hesitant to talk about it. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Where are we going today? What's the theme of our program? Well, the theme of our show today is I finally found a dance partner. And this is really going to help us to understand the dynamic of why it's important to have two people that are in sync with one another, particularly with regard to your health and your wellness uh, and the pursuit of that. And how do you go forward uh, in confidence? And that's the conversation that we're going to hear from today. All right. We have a free resource we're offering to anyone who's listening right now. It's available at the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's called Practical Needs of Cancer Patients. And you'd be surprised at how how wonderful this is and just pointing out some things that are obvious and some things that maybe we just haven't touched on before that you need to know about uh, being a cancer patient or the caregiver for a cancer patient. That is correct. And sometimes because it's so obvious, it is overlooked and it's not even considered. Right. So this document is designed to do just that, to kind of remind us. And if you think about your day-to-day -day routine, Imagine being someone for whatever reason, mentally, emotionally, and physically, who are not able to do the day-to-day -day things in their normal life. That's what this document is designed to help uh, stir up our memory around in ways that we can practically then provide support to those who are dealing with cancer so that we can then help them to move along in their journey. We'll meet our guest, Christina, here in just a few moments. I'd like to share a response to a question we posed recently, and then we'll pose this week's question. The question we previously posted was, have you ever been conflicted with when, where, and how to express your faith? Got some interesting responses, all of which got read, by the way. And here's one that we chose to share on the podcast. Yes, there has definitely been times at my place of employment where I felt uncomfortable expressing that I was a Christian, despite often hearing openly discussed controversial political and social conversations. I think we've all been there. That response mm. comes to us from Charleston, South Carolina, and it was just so helpful to see the various responses, Percy. It is. We just want to engage our audience. We want you to speak back to us and talk to us. So please continue to provide your feedback. 
uh, and let us hear from you accordingly. And uh, when we have opportunity and time, we'll read some of those responses uh, uh, so that people can hear back from you. What would you like to ask our listeners this week? So the question that we want to pose today on this show is, have you ever struggled to find a partner during a crisis? And what criteria did you use to find the right partner for you? Again, have you ever struggled to find a partner during a crisis? And what criteria did you use to find the right partner for you? You can answer this question, if you would, please, at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on connect and you'll have a chance there to type in your response. And just to assure you that Percy reads every response that comes in. And then we get to share a few here on the program from time to time, one each week, basically. So we'd really love to hear from you because all the responses add up to helping us plan future programs. So answer that question at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right. I know you have the scripture in front of you. You want to share something with us? So let's eat a piece of the bread of life, as the Word of God is referred to. Our spiritual nugget for today is found in Amos 3.3. It's quick, succinct, and to the point. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? And that's going to establish our conversation for today. And biblically, is it possible for two people to walk together unless they are agreed? Well, we're going to hear from someone who's going to give us their opinion and what they did about that. And the McCray Bible says, can two dance together unless they are agreed? Wouldn't you, uh, wouldn't you think? I would agree with that. And, and when we come back out of the spot, I'll tell you my little personal experience on how I know that to be true. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a tease for you. All right. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skills a voice-activated question and answer tool, empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support simply says, Alexa, enable Cancer Center on any Amazon device. And you can also access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. All right, we're going to meet our guests in a moment, but you wanted to say something about this uh, Can Two Dance Together? Well, you know, uh, Wayne, years ago, uh, I was part of a corporate-sponsored program called Chicago Dancing with the Stars. And... Uh, I had to go and uh, practice and rehearse. And so uh, it was very intense. And I understood and I learned very quickly uh, that what we see on TV, you know, is not as easy to do as people may think. And so when you're judging those folks, be a little conscious of the fact (laughs) until you've attempted to do that, that's not an easy thing to do. But what I learned from that was very profound in terms of a lead dancer Mm -hmm. uh, taking cues and having confidence and trust in who your partner is. And that's exactly what we're going to listen to today with regard to this conversation. So if you want to Google search that Chicago. Oh, you better believe we're going to do that right yeah (laughs) and you'll find yours truly in a in a white outfit doing the hustle (laughs) all right okay that makes my day right there all right let's meet our guest now recorded recently here again is percy well hey 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 it's me i'm back again with another 
uh, exciting interview. And uh, today we're going to have a conversation with someone that we've spoken to before. You've heard from her before, and she told us her story and and her journey. But today we're going to have a very different conversation, and I think a very important conversation, which is around uh, the importance of getting second and third opinions as a cancer patient. I think oftentimes uh, for many uh, whatever the initial conversation is that they have and what someone tells them initially, uh, people for various different reasons, and we're going to talk about that today, uh, may take an initial uh, assessment and then and just go with it. But is that something that people should reconsider? Should people think about getting a second or a third opinion and why should they do that? Well, today we're going to have with us uh, Christina Parrish, who, uh, again, I said before and I'll say it again, I love, I respect. I met her many years ago. She is a 13-year stage four pancreatic cancer patient who did just that. She, she went and got some other opinions and apparently that worked well for her because she is still alive and well. Uh, as many of us who may be listening know, pancreatic cancer from a statistic perspective doesn't necessarily have the highest survival rates. And so today we're going to hear from someone who not only fought back, but survived and lived to tell their story and to encourage others. Welcome to the show, Christina. How are you? I'm doing great, Percy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so good to have you back. I know you've been so busy and you're doing so many things in your community of Maine. And one of the things that you do, you have, you started your own foundation called the Purple Irish Foundation, Iris Foundation, that, that does all sorts of things in supporting cancer patients, uh, raising uh, resources, helping to feed uh, uh, cancer patients, and et cetera, et cetera. And we'll put that information on the show notes where people can reach out to you if they'd like to support your foundation. It's a non-for-profit, so that's important for people to know. But today we're going to talk about an important conversation, and that is second opinion. Um, when, when you and I met uh, you know, I did not know what, what you had done or who you had spoken to previously at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago, you know, back in 2008, 2009. You know, you walked through the front door and, you know, we, we got together, we prayed, we talked, we supported you. But as is the case for a lot of cancer patients, uh, they have in some cases stories before they actually start their treatment and their care. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about the fact that you uh, received uh, more than one opinion before you actually settled on a treatment plan. Let's talk about first and foremost, why did you do that? And why do you think getting a second or third opinion is important from a cancer patient's perspective? When I was diagnosed in 2008, I was 40 years old and uh, with stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, at that time, it was a 2% survival rate. Wow. So, wow. Uh, so when I got diagnosed uh, in uh, locally, uh, they basically told me to get my affairs in order. I mm. had six months or less to live. Yeah. And so being 40 years old, that was not something that suited me very well. And so, uh, you know, after, after my first initial appointment, I went to the next step from Maine and still in 2008, uh, they, it's completely different than it is today. There was only one uh, one standard of care treatment uh, for pan stage four pancreatic cancer in general. 
So with that, there was a, a 2% survival rate. And so they actually sent me home and gave me six months to live. Mm-hmm. And so there, I, I had two opinions and they both told me, well, there's not much we can do for you. Just go home and get your affairs in order. Uh, and again, that didn't suit me very well. Yeah. Um, so it, it led me to putting a top 10 list of, of cancer treatment facilities, hospitals together. Uh, and CCCA was on one of them. And uh, that was my, my, third, my third opinion was at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Wow. And, and, and I want to take my time here to unpack this because you, there was there was like a very kind of strategic way that you really approach this. And, and again, you know, uh, we don't want to belabor, you know, who or where or how you were you were given the first opinions. But the fact of the matter is, and again, you know, we just need to put the facts on the table. Thirteen years ago, you were told that, you know, there was really nothing else that could be done. The facts that, as we understood them statistically, was that pancreatic cancer, according to what you just stated, had a 2%, 2% survival rate. And yet then for you at 40 years of age, call it being stubborn, call it being, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just not accepting that. Whatever it was that rolls up. A ins- little bit about <laughs> <laughs> That rolls up inside of you. You basically said, no, I'm not accepting that. And and where I, and where and I want to make sure I punctuate that because uh, as I've often said said from a faith based perspective, no one has a right to tell us how long we can live on planet Earth. God has not stamped an expiration date on the bottom of our foot. He ultimately, at the end of the day, has the last word of every conversation. But I do want to put this caveat out here, uh, and we want to be clear: I have nothing but high regard and respect. Uh, for clinicians and doctors and individuals who attempt to give us their very best medical schools of thought based upon what they know or what they may feel at the time. But this leads us to the very point after, you know, having, I guess, two scenarios of having that type of dialogue, there was still something deep down inside that said, hmm, let's put a list together. Let's begin to kind of go through some some other facilities and let's see what else someone may have to say and Lo and behold, you find Cancer Treatment Centers of America. What did Cancer Treatment Centers of America tell you? What did they say that that basically gave you a sense of, well, let's try this and let's see what we can do? Well, actually, uh, Percy, it was a commercial that I had seen Ah. a couple years prior. And uh, it was Peggy Kessler. Uh, She's still my superhero to this day. I know her well. Know her well. Yes, I'm sure you do. And, uh, I finally, she's my hero, and uh, I finally got to meet her later in later on in in my in my journey. But uh, it was her commercial that got me there. I saw a survivor that was still golfing and still riding horses, yeah. and I'm like, I want to be that person. And truthfully, that's what got me to make the call. Uh, and then I had a great a great gal on the other end that that just she was just awesome, and so. You know, from that that commercial, you know, I I I I I told Peggy, I'm like, you you got me to where I'm at today, and I'm forever grateful. And then once I once I got on the phone to to one of the the gals, oh my goodness, I wish I could remember her name. Uh, I talked to her two or three times a year, and she was so nice, and she helped me through the process, and she gave me hope, uh, and I. Hope is what CTCA gave me. And 
when I didn't have any. And uh, that's why I try to instill it in people when I talk to them is yeah. because hope got me to where I'm at. And if I can give somebody that just a, a fraction of what I got, right. imagine what that might do. And so uh, that was the biggest thing was hope. Nobody told me to go home and get my affairs in order. And, uh, wow. you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a brutal, that's a, just a brutal hit when you, when you're told you don't have much time and yeah, yeah. that, that there's just nothing they can do for you. Uh, nobody should be, nobody should hear that. Well, and again, you know, you're 40 years old, so, you know, you're still a young woman. So again, I'm sure yeah. there's just several things that just ran through your mind and, and, and in that, again, the power of hope. Now, we want to be clear. We're not talking about giving people false hope. We're not talking about making up something out of thin air. But there is something to be said about at least uh, providing people with a pathway to say, let's see if there's something possible to be done. And I'm reminded of the scripture that says that all things are possible not guaranteed. No one guaranteed you success. No one guaranteed you that you would, you know, be a 13 year survivor. But what you what I'm hearing you say is no one told you, let's shut this down and hang up the phone and, you know, just go home and go fishing. And that that meant something to you. And that may very well mean something to to others that are listening today. And so this is why I think the conversation about getting a second or in this particular case, a third opinion may matter to somebody. Talk about it, uh, encouraging right. people to, you know, hey, do your due diligence and maybe have a third or a fourth conversation. Well, well, if you think about it, like uh, here in the in the state of Maine, uh, they're really good at breast cancer. Uh, but when it comes to those those hard, the, the tough to beat cancers, pancreatic being one of them, yeah. lung cancer, yeah. even colon cancer, you know, to do your due diligence. I mean, we, we, as in, we, as human beings, we'll go out and look for the best deal on a car, yeah. uh, five or six different places, That's but true. will we do that? Will we do that to our own bodies? And the fact that we want to live a healthy, as healthy as we can life, uh, after cancer, uh, so, you know, I, I really, I really uh, impress on people that, you know, do your due diligence, find where, where you feel loved and you feel connected and you feel that your doctors are working with you, not just telling you what to do. And so it's, it's a matter of comfortability and, and finding that place that's, that's a good fit for you. And, uh, and hope is a big thing, you know, to find a, to find a doctor that instills hope in you is yeah priceless at this point yeah because and, and when you said that what came to mind is partnership some you know at the yeah. end of the day you as the and i hate to use the term consumer but at the end of the day ultimately this is your bus you get to drive it where you choose to drive it but you're looking for partnership someone that'll partner with yeah. you and again be realistic be honest but but you're looking for you know someone that'll sit down and kind of work with you uh, within the framework of of possibilities, and and you found that, and and in that, again, you know, there there may be some that may listen and say, well, you know, everyone doesn't necessarily survive a, about a pancreatic cancer, and that is true, and everyone doesn't necessarily survive just because they found a second, third, or fourth opinion, and that is also true. But the point to be made is, in your particular case, that made a difference for you, and here you are, thirteen years later. And so I guess the big message uh, and takeaway more than anything else is don't be afraid to ask 
for a second or a third opinion until you feel comfortable with the dynamics of that exchange. Is that fair to say? Uh, uh, it definitely fair to say. Uh, I think uh, I think it's it's your body and your choice to to move to a to a second or third opinion where you can all collectively come up with a better treatment plan. And if it's the same one, great. Uh, but it never hurts to have a second, third, fourth set of eyes on what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and what I hear here and what I'm grateful to hear uh, for you, and I was fortunate when I was initially diagnosed with cancer, uh, I, I had a GI that was not part of my network, and um, and I lived in another part of the United States away from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. But as soon as I suspected that it was cancer, I picked up the call and the phone and I called CTCA and I said, listen, and I, you know, I have relationships with the docs there. And I said, what does this look like and sound like? They said, we need to get you on the first thing here. And when I did, you know, we started that process. And to your point, the relationship, the confidence, having a hopeful environment, having a hopeful doctor, having a doctor who embraced the idea of spirituality as a support Uh, all of Most those different, yeah, all of that just was a huge, huge weight that that felt that allowed me to feel comfortable. And I'm hearing you say uh, the same thing. What would you say to someone who would say, well, I don't want to make my my doctor mad if I told him that uh, I'd like to get a second opinion because I've, I've heard this conversation. I really have. What would you say to that? I, I've heard that numerous times. So what I would tell them is I would look their doctor square in the eye and ask him are you battling the cancer or am I, uh, you know, you're, you're part of the team, but it's ultimately me that that's doing the hard work. Yeah. So, uh, uh, truthfully, I mean, I, truthfully, I still have this conversation with my primary care doctor, <laughs> uh, when, uh, I've had her, she, I, I love her dearly. I love, I love all the things about her, but, um, you know, there were some opportunities before I was diagnosed that, you know, that uh, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for my own care, yeah. uh, which I, I advocate for everybody to be more of an advocate for what they need. Uh, but when it comes to cancer, I mean, you you have to be that person that that says, hey, this is this is me that's dealing with this. And I need you to listen to me. And, mm. you know, this is no disrespect to you as a as a physician, but as a human being, uh, this is my journey. And, and we need to be we need to be in a partnership to do this. And uh, once I got to CTCA, I didn't, I didn't have that issue. Uh, it was just prior and, and even still to this day, I mean, it's a struggle sometimes to get continuity and care when you're away. Yeah. 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 And you, you, and I think the big takeaway and the big word that I hear here that I'll just uh, emphasize is the word advocate. You have to become your own advocate at the end of the day. Uh, as I'm reminded of of uh, the daytime TV shows, you only have one life to live, you know, and so uh, and it's yours. You it's yours to fight for. And, and I, I agree with you 100 percent. Today you're out. Uh, you have your foundation. Uh, you're doing all kinds of work in the local main community with the cancer community there. How have you been received? Uh, how is your work going? Give us an update on Purple Iris and how things are going with your foundation. So we're, we're doing great. Uh, post During COVID, it was a transition uh, yeah. with no fundraising. But, you know, we became uh, really good at grant writing and uh, <laughs> we made it through COVID. Uh, we're having our first fundraiser in a couple weeks uh, in honor of a gentleman that lost his battle with pancreatic cancer and 
his friends started a golf tournament in his honor. So we're holding our first and only fundraiser uh, of this year and in the past two years. Uh, but it all goes towards uh, patient assistance. So we pay household bills for people battling all types of cancer, and oh. we don't discriminate. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, there's a small application process, but also with that comes a monthly fresh food basket okay. where where we we reach out and find out what their needs are and and uh, provide that for them. Wow. Well, you are a busy lady. Let me tell you something. As 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 a friend, as someone who has known you. I'm so glad you decided to get a third opinion. I'm so glad that you decided to say, eh, I'm not hearing what, what makes sense for me at this point, and I'm going to move on. And I'm so glad that you did. And, and, and so is the rest Thank of the you. world for the work that you are doing. Today, you have heard from Christina Parrish, 13-year stage four pancreatic cancer survivor who said, yeah, I'm going to get me another opinion until I hear something that that resonates with my spirit and with my consciousness. And thank God that she did today. Uh, she oversees the Purple Irish Foundation. And uh, you can reach out to her if you'd like to support uh, that foundation at C, as in uh, coffee, C Parish at purple found at purple irish foundation.com and we'll have that information in the show notes and uh support this wonderful uh work of this wonderful cancer fighter who made the decision that she wasn't ready to leave the planet and she wasn't waiting for someone to tell her to give permission that she could stay she made that decision on her own uh i love you dear let's stay in touch and uh let's continue to keep up the good work okay thank you you too you too my friend all right thank you god bless thanks God bless you. Well, we've got to talk about this interview we've just heard. What a miraculous outcome. Okay, we'll get to that in just a moment. If you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number is 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Speaking of inspiration, Percy, Christina has an inspiring story that she shared with us today. I got to admit, I didn't know that anyone survived pancreatic cancer. That, that's a tough one, isn't it? It is one of the tougher cancers that, uh, from a survival rate perspective, for sure. And so having said that, uh, Christina's story is is one that's worthy to be told and and worth hearing because, uh, you know, she talked about so many different aspects. But the key for me was the fact that, for whatever reason, I believe I used the word stubborn, and she was like, "Yeah, that that would be kind of appropriate." <laughs> she just simply stubborn, would, yeah, yeah. She just would. Re- she refused to accept that she was going to be, you know, she was not going to survive this. And as I often say, and I think it's important as a disclaimer here, uh, we never promise on this show who who survives cancer, who doesn't sure. survive cancer. Sure. We know that we are not in control of that. And even as believers, you know, we're not here to say that we can guarantee that this will or won't happen. But here's what I am prepared to say and that I can say is right. that everyone has a right to choose to believe that they can survive. And Absolutely. I believe 
Yep. And I believe that on the front end of any process of being told that you have cancer, uh, you should start out with that disposition. And that was the case for Christina. She simply refused to accept the fact that she was going to die from cancer. And then she began to look for uh, healthcare partners who would dance with her based upon what it is that mm-hmm. she believed she had a right to do and did so on three different occasions. So she turned to Cancer Treatment Centers of America. She did. She uh, she told the story of she saw a commercial on TV and she saw uh, the testimonial of a particular uh, patient and all of the commercials on Cancer Treatment Centers of America are all actual patients. They're not actors. Yeah, no, they're not paid spokespeople never. at all. And she said, uh, and I, I know the, the patient very well and I know the commercial very well. The, the the gal that was on the commercial was playing golf and then she was riding a horse. And Christina said, I don't know who that is, but I want to do what she's doing. I want to <laughs> ride a horse and I want to play golf and came and, uh, you know, met a couple that helped her with her faith uh, on the first visit in the waiting room to get regrounded in her faith in God and began that process after being told uh, we can't guarantee what your outcome will be, but we're willing to try and do some things with you. And she said, all I need is someone that will basically work with me. So she she started out at that place and here she is 13 years later and, you know, treatment and all. And I remember when she walked through the front door, but it all started with her belief that she felt that she had a right. She was I believe she said she was 40 years old when she was originally diagnosed. And she said she just felt that she was too young to die. She eventually met that patient in the commercial. Did she and really? She, told her she did. And she said she told her that you are my hero and you are the reason why I'm here. And she said that from that moment forward, she was encouraged and inspired to continue to believe that good things could happen to her. And sure enough, they did. So what do you do when you're told that you have a few months to live? I mean, that's that's serious stuff. And yet. She found hope, didn't she? she? She did. Well, she dug deep within herself. There was something within her that simply said, I'm not accepting this. And then from there, she proceeded to find and speak to, you know, other uh, healthcare organizations that would at least attempt to align with her pursuit to believe that. So I think that to answer your question specifically, when you when someone is told that, you have a couple of choices to make. You have the decision to make to say, okay, let's pursue, uh, again, seeing if someone else will give us a different opinion and a different outlook. Uh, one can certainly make the decision to say, as they would, uh, many people would say, well, get your affairs in order, whatever that may mean. Mm-hmm. But I think that ultimately, uh, as uh, one interview that I had with a young lady first, before you do anything, go to the throne room of God, before you go get on the phone, Go to the throne and get the word of the Lord. What is God saying to you within your heart and within your consciousness, Wayne? Because I think that everyone needs to be led by the conviction of the spirit of God that's within them to move in whatever direction they feel comfortable, whether that is to pursue care or not. That is a personal choice. And everyone needs to be led by the spirit of God so that they can have a clearance in their conscience. That, that they've settled that before they expose themselves to everybody else's thoughts, views, and opinions, because that could change and it could be varied and people can get confused. Because again, ultimately what we don't do in faith, the Bible says actually is sin. Mm-hmm. So again, you make a decision based upon the conviction of your heart and what you believe the spirit of God is leading you to do. And if 
you want to fight for your life, then do so. Yeah, I, w- I was so impressed with what you told her. You said to, to Christina, you have to be your own advocate. At the end of the day, you're the captain of your ship. You are. You you know, you're the driver of your bus. That's the phrase I've used over many years. And you should not advocate or abdicate your position of your bus to anyone else unless you believe that they have the same uh, uh, objective that you possess that you want to move in that direction. And she was her advocate. Everyone should advocate for themselves. They have a right to do so. Uh, one of the things that I think that Christina mentioned is, you know, and don't be concerned about someone's feelings being hurt. I've had many patients, mm. Wayne, that have said to me, well, I don't want to hurt my doctor's feeling. I don't want my oncologist uh, to be offended that I, I, I would say I choose to respectfully disagree or choose to do something different. Well, uh, as the old adage of one of the daytime TV shows goes, we only have one life to live as the world turns, and I'm trying to keep you out of General Hospital. So, <laughs> All right. You've used that one before, haven't you? I, I have. Okay. I have. All right. Well, thank you for bringing Christina's story to us here today. Christina, if you're listening, we thank God for you. Appreciate hearing from you here today. Our free resource is called Practical Needs of Cancer Patients, and there is no charge for this, no obligation. It's just there on the website. You can grab it, you can print it off, you can use it, you can share it with others, you can learn from it, all at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And also answer this week's question, if you would, have you ever struggled to find a partner during a crisis and what criteria did you use to find the right partner? Mm. Answer that at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Okay, let's return to the scriptures, our closing thought, Percy. Yes, sir. Amos 3.3 is where we started and where we now end in terms of talking about moving forward together with someone. And it says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? We heard today from an individual that was not in agreement with others who had suggested certain things to her. And she was looking for a partner and she refused to just dance with anyone that was willing to take her on the dance floor, if we can use that metaphor. Mm -hmm. She decided to find someone that would at least be in agreement with her trying to do what she thought and what she advocated was uh, for her best interest. And that is let's attempt to fight to live and we see where we'll end up. And of course, 13 years later, she is a cancer survivor. So the key here is finding a partner that is in agreement with you so that you can walk together and move in a direction. And as one who has done this a time or two, that's going to be very difficult unless you are in lockstep one with another to be successful and to be synchronized at the end of the day. Be encouraged to know that God will empower you to do things that mother others may have suggested that you could not. All right. Well, that's our time for this week on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. You know what I'm going to do right now, don't you, Percy? Mm, I'm going to go on the web and I'm going to search (laughs) for Chicago Dancing with the Stars and I'm going to look for Percy McRae. That's what I'm going to do. That's my assignment here. So, And and my response is do the hustle, okay? (laughs) I don't think you're going to see me do that. I couldn't Uh, couldn't possibly do it as well as you do, I'm sure. All right. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Pastor P. Great to be with you this week. Listen, remember, we've got work to do, folks, so keep chopping the wood. God bless. Have a great day. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. 
If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.